there, friends. Welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller, and I'm so glad that you are joining us today. We are in the middle of Holy Week, and I hope that you are able to celebrate and commemorate what God has done by sending His Son to die on the cross for us, and that He overcame death so that through trusting in Him, we can have salvation and live eternally with Him. Today, we are covering a very difficult topic about justice, really, and fairness of why bad things happen to good people if God is good and sovereign, and why do good things happen to bad people. And I just want to say, first of all, that I'm just an imperfect human who loves Jesus and more accurately is loved by Jesus. And I struggle with these same questions and things. I am no scholar. I do love studying his word and finding answers. And through struggling and asking hard questions, have been able to have good conversations with God and finding answers in his word. But I hope that you aren't just hearing my words and taking it, taking my word for it. I hope that you are doing your own research and that you are testing what I'm saying because I am a flawed human. I want you to be like the Bereans that Paul talked about who would go back and test it to see if it matched the scriptures. Because most everything that I say is based in God's word, but I also, I do check out commentaries and podcasts and books from other flawed humans and my words get mixed up sometimes. So if there are things that are incorrect, I want you to find it and Um, find what God's truth says and also let me know so I can fix it. But it is a joy to share with you what God is showing me in his word and through talking with him and other believers. I had a conversation with my grandma last night about the podcast and just it being a tough topic and wanting to make sure that it's covered well and things like that. And she wanted me to make sure to mention that I knew what I was going to say before I talked to her. But after talking to her, I wasn't so sure. (laughs) Uh, She shared a lot of great wisdom and things. And hopefully she'll join us on the podcast in upcoming episodes. Um, But it is a difficult, a little difficult topic for us to cover. Why, if God is sovereign and good, do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? Why does it seem unjust and unfair? I think a really, really great example for us to dive into for this topic is Job. Because Job is described as a righteous and blameless man. And he gets everything taken away from him. His family, his servants, his livestock. He was a prosperous man. He was blessed by God. And all that was taken away. And even his body, he was afflicted. And he just experienced great suffering for, honestly, it seemed like no reason. And his response was in Job 1, 21, he says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In verse 22, it says, In all this Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. So Job was blameless and righteous, and he experienced all this affliction, but he didn't blame God for it. He cried out. And he lamented, he tore his robes and shaved his head and cried out, but he didn't sin in that. After that, 
he and his friends sat down for some long conversations about why this happened. His friends, all three of them had a different idea than Job did. His friends believed that God is just, therefore Job must have sinned. Job believed the opposite, that he knew he hadn't sinned, so God must be unjust. So they go back and forth for many chapters talking about this in beautiful poetry. And then after all this talking, Job wants an answer from God. So God actually comes and does not give an answer. Instead, he comes and questions Job. All these questions about the intricacies of the universe and the animals and the creatures that he has put on the earth. So here's a little snippets from God questioning Job. This is from Job 38. He said, Who shut the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb, when I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, This you may come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. Also in chapter 38, he says, Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail, which I reserve for times of trouble, for days of war and battle? He also asked Job, Do you give the horse his strength or clothe his neck with a flowing mane? Do you make him leap like a locust, striking terror with his proud snorting? So he asks all of these questions about basically how God runs the world. He knows all things about not just the earth, but the other planets, the heavenly starry hosts, and he knows each individual animal. He asks about the mountain goats and the feeding habits of the lions and all these things that Job did not know about. And so Job answers, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer twice, but I will say no more. And after more questioning from God, Job answers, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. So that's really the conclusion of Job. And in the end of the book, God blesses him again and gives him twice what Job had in the beginning But there isn't an answer given as to why Job experienced that pain and that suffering, even though he was a righteous and blameless man. And I think for us, we can fall into similar camps, either as Job's friends or as Job, when we see bad things happen to good people or good things happen to bad people. We can fall into the friends category when we see, when we know, okay, God is just, he is good, he is sovereign. And so obviously this is a punishment for something, uh, a punishment for sin. And yes, the wages of sin is death. And so we are all deserving of death, but is all suffering a punishment, like a direct punishment for something that you've done wrong? We can also fall under Job's idea where we hold up our integrity and know that we haven't done anything to deserve this particular suffering and grief. So we question God's justice and his fairness. 
Who decides what is good and bad? We know God is the king. He is sovereign. He created all things. He created the moral code. He is sovereign and he has a unique, infinite perspective. Seems like he makes a pretty good, a good judge of what's good and bad. But we really love the idea of ourselves being the judge. We want to decide what is good and bad, even though we know it's dangerous. God told Adam and Eve in Genesis not to eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But they decided that their judgment was better than God's judgment and thus ate because they wanted to decide for themselves what is good and bad. We still do that today. We develop our idea of fairness focused on our happiness, our control, our comfort, our acceptance. We want those things to be the good But we have a finite perspective, and we make awful judges, especially when our ideas of what is good conflict with other people's judgment of what is good. The phrase, you do you, do whatever makes you happy, that does not end very well. In the book of Judges, Israel is ruled not by Moses and Aaron and Joshua, but and not by kings. This is between those times when they were ruled by judges. And throughout the book, there's cycles of them turning away from God and doing evil. And then they're conquered by foreign nations and are oppressed. Then they cry out to God and God rescues them. And this happens over and over and over again. And throughout the book, this verse keeps occurring. The verse says, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did whatever seemed right to him. And that's what we like to think that we can still do. That we do whatever is right to us. You know, you do you. You decide what's good for you. Whatever makes you happy. I'll do me. Whatever makes me happy. That does not turn out well. Because our ideas of what is good conflict with other people's ideas of what, are, what is good. Because we want what is good for ourselves and for the people that we love and the things that we love. However, our perspectives are finite and they're focused on ourselves. And so we do not have good judgment. Only God has the perfect judgment because he has a unique, infinite perspective. So if God is this just judge and he's good and sovereign, why does he allow bad things to happen to good people? In the Old Testament law, he talks about obeying him and he'll bless you. And if you disobey him, then you will be punished. In Proverbs, it talks about the righteous being rewarded and the wicked being punished. There's this direct cause and effect. And it's lovely and clean cut and it makes sense to our brains. So why do things happen where the good people get bad things and the bad people get good things. just doesn't make sense. Just like Job. Job was a blameless, righteous man, and then these terrible things happened to him. Isn't God just and sovereign and good? Yes, he is. And Job was blameless and righteous, just like God's word says. The thing is that God doesn't always do things in the 
the camp of the righteous being rewarded and the wicked being punished directly like that. He is beyond that black and white idea. His ways are higher than our ways. From Isaiah 59, 55, 9. He is beyond the idea of restitution, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. He allows bad things to happen to good people because he knows way more than we do. In John 9, it says, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Sometimes God allows bad things to happen for reasons that we don't understand, but we know that he works all things for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. It's for our growth and his glory. When it says that he works all things for the good of those who love him, he's not necessarily talking about our happiness, comfort, control, and acceptance. He's talking about drawing us closer to him, making us more in his likeness. It's talking about glorifying him with our lives. That is what is good. And so when we allow God to be the judge and decide what is good and bad, There's definitely going to be pain involved because our idea of good isn't good. We make terrible judges, as we've seen. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, in which the character Aslan, the lion, is a representation of Jesus. The quote says, Aslan is a lion. The lion, the great lion. Ooh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall rather feel nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. That's the way God is. He's not safe. If you want safe, I don't know what to tell you because... God does give us comfort, but trusting in him doesn't mean that you're going to live a pain-free life. It doesn't mean that you're not going to go through suffering, even if you do the right things. We're all flawed humans and we all mess up. But even if you try your very hardest to do the best things and to follow God with your whole heart, you're going to go through difficulties in life. But how do you handle it when bad things happen? We can complain and grumble, which is what the Israelites like to do when they ran out of food and water. And that's what Job starts to do a little bit later on in the book of Job. We don't want to be blaming God and other people for our suffering. We also don't want our hearts to our hearts to become hard. The Israelites often had a stiff neck or a hard heart turned away from God and towards idols. They had immoldable hearts. Instead of complaining, grumbling, or having a hard heart, we want to lament. Which doesn't seem like a good thing, 
but it is. In the Psalms, there's some great passages about praising God for His goodness and glory, and there's also some very real passages about lamenting hardships. Lamenting is not a sin. It's being real and crying out to God, just like Job did in chapter 1, where he shaved his head, tore his clothes, and he cried out to God. It's knowing that God is good, but struggling and giving our hearts to Him and wrestling with the hardship. It's allowing God to work into our hearts and trusting Him, knowing that He is good and sovereign, but not understanding, because we can't understand. His ways are higher. His thoughts are wiser. We can never fully comprehend why He does what He does and why He allows bad things to happen to good people. But we can trust Him and knowing that He works all things for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. So I hope this encourages you wherever you're at. There are some really hard things in life, but we know that God is good and His truth stands. And through that, we can have hope and find life in Him. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of Life is Hard, God is Good. I hope you have an awesome rest of your holy week in celebrating what God has done for us. Next week, we're going to be asking a a question that you may have had before, especially with the events of Holy Week coming up. How do you know if you are saved? There's a lot of ideas out there about salvation, and we know that there's only one way to heaven. So we will talk about that next week. Thank you for joining me, and you can find us on Instagram at Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love for you to receive encouragement and to connect with us there. See you all next week.